Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. If you have your Bibles today, I want to share a story with you out of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 5, and because we're going to pick up the story in the middle of it, I want to give you a little bit of a background here on the story. This is a story of a man named Naaman, who was a commanding officer of the army of Aram. Aram is where modern-day Syria is today, and they had conquered part of Israel in this time frame, and uh, the king loved his commander-in-chief, Naaman. But Naaman had a disease. He had leprosy. And if you know a little bit about leprosy, it, it pretty much begins to make your body decay. And he was beginning to have this struggle. And someone recommended that Naaman travel to Samaria, which is modern-day Israel, to go see a prophet named Elisha, so that he can be healed, which is cool because it's good to have people in your life who can point you in the right direction to say, you have a problem, you need Jesus. <laughs> you, you need Jesus. You don't need more Facebook. <laughs> you don't need to go to the mall. You can buy one more thing, but you still need Jesus. <laughs> you don't need another scratching ticket. You need Jesus. You, know, you, you need real encounter with the living God that can maybe change your life. Can you say Amen. So this is where we're going to pick up the story. We're going to pick up the story from Naaman taking this trip from Aram to Samaria, which I looked it up. This trip would take about 55 hours if you were driving from, from Aram to Samaria. The longest drive I've ever taken in my life was a few years ago. Me and my f- couple of friends of mine decided to drive from here to Daytona Beach. That was 30 hours, and I will never, ever do it again. <laughs> It was three of us, but only two of us could drive. The other guy was just dead weight. So we left him in Daytona Beach. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We didn't leave him. Um, but that's a long drive. That's equivalent to 3,441 miles that Naaman had to travel. Back in those days, they didn't have cars, so this would take days, right? They would, they would take their donkeys, their horses, and, and they would just go on this journey. It would have taken them days. To get to the prophet. So here's where we pick up the story. Chapter 5, beginning with verse 9. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. So he arrives to the prophet's house. Right? The prophet is the person who represents God in this moment. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was not with everyone. It was just with a few people. And the prophet was the presence of God in that time. So he's at the door of the prophet's house. Verse 10. But Elisha, the prophet, sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times into the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. So Elisha doesn't come out. He sends a messenger. He says, go tell him to do this, and he will be healed. But look at Naaman's response. Right? Are, you, are you following? 
verse 11. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over his lep- this leprosy and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Farfar better than any rivers of Israel? He's like, man, I travel all this. Like, we have better rivers where I come from. I could have done this back home. 55 hours, 3,441 miles. You won't even come out to greet me? You're going to send me to your cheap Jordan River? We've got to translate the Bible like, you know what I'm saying? That's how I read the Bible. I don't know how you read the Bible, but it's like, I'm in name and shoes. Like, are you kidding me? Came this far? You sent a messenger? Who do you think? You don't, think, you don't know who I am? The commander in chief of my army. Are you tracking? Right? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned away and went away in rage. Naaman was heated. Verse 13, but his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, go wash and be cured. Because when you're a heater, you need someone to speak some logic into your heart. Can you say amen? We're already preaching. Amen. Verse 14, so Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the men of God had instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the men of God. They stood before him, and Naaman said, now I know there's no God in all the world except in Israel, so please Accept the gift from your servant. Can you say amen? Amen. I want to title this message, Just Do It. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, where's my water? Just do it. Tell your other neighbor, for real though, like just, just do it. Just go ahead and sign with Nike and just do it. Right? Interesting that this man would be willing to travel this far because he has a real need. And you know, one of the prerequisites in life, if you want God to do something in you, there's got to be this hunger. Because if you're okay with where you are, then you don't need God. If you're good with your life as is, then then go to IHOP. And have a pancake. Right? But I believe this. I believe church is a place where people who are hungry for change come. People who are saying, I'm not okay with being okay. And I'm tired of being tired. So I'm going to do something different. I'm going to seek the Lord and see what he will do for me. Can you say amen? Amen. That's the whole point of church. It's not perfect people. The point of church is that, man, I want to continue to grow. And there's always something else that the Lord wants to do with me. I may not have skin disease, but I may have some emotional things going on. 
right? I may not have emotional things going on, but I have some spiritual things going on. I may not have some spiritual things going on. I might have some financial things going on. There's always something that I need the Lord's attention, and I need to be willing to do what Naaman did, to travel, whatever it takes, which I love, because I hear people say, we have people that come from Cape Cod. People are like, man, when we find a good thing, we're going to keep going to it. And some people live right next door and won't come in. Well, it all comes down to what is in your heart. What is the driving force of your life? Can you say amen? So he makes this journey, and he gets there, and, 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 and he gets to where he believes his healing is going to come from. But it doesn't go the way he thought it was going to go. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Come on, let's be real for a moment. Like you're certain. I just, I, I showed up. Here I am. Lord, sprinkle. Do something. Abracadabra. Like, here I am. Right? And you hear people say that. I went to church, nothing happened. And they walk away angry or frustrated or bitter and they think the whole thing doesn't work. So this story is powerful because I believe there's so many things here the Lord is trying to speak to us. I was on vacation just meditating on this thing. Because when you're a preacher, it doesn't get away from you. You know, my wife was like, a couple of days ago, she's like, uh, I think you're ready to go home. I can see it in your eyes. You're ready to work. I'm like, what you don't know is I've been working. I've been working the whole time. But there's, there's, there's some powerful things here, church, that I pray you, you, you get in your spirit today. That Naaman got angry because Elisha didn't roll out the red carpet for him. Understand that one of the greatest blockage of a blessing in your life is to feel entitled to your blessing. We live in an age of entitlement. Everybody thinks they have something that they deserve. Everybody thinks they have something that they should get. And, 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 and if they don't get it, then they're angry at everybody else. Naaman is angry because his expectation was not met the way that he thought it should be met. You know how many people sit in a church pew every single week resented? Angry, frustrated. Why? Because the things didn't go the way that they expected them to go. And so at this point, the question you got to ask yourself is, who is God? Is it me or is it the God of the universe who orchestrates everything in my life? See, Naaman goes this far. It didn't go the way he planned it. See, here's the thing I want you to catch today. Many people lose their blessing because they let their feelings get the best of them. And I know this for a fact as a pastor. There are many people who are not here today because of their feelings. We let our feelings dictate what we do as opposed to the faith that never changes. You remember, your feelings come and go. But principles remain the same. I want you to write something down today and take it to your spirit. Feelings are overrated. Feelings are overrated. How do I know this? Because every day you wake up feeling a certain type of way. And, and, and whatever you feel does not mean it reflects reality. Like tomorrow morning, you're going to get up, you don't feel like going to work. There's only a f- small percentage of population who gets up like, ding. 
work time. And we hate those people. Don't we? You walk into work, you see that guy, you get mad. Because he's like, a good morning. No, it ain't. Feelings are overrated. Because that's Monday. But Friday, you should see yourself. Bing! Paycheck day! Right? You don't like the feeling of going to work, but you like the results of going to work on Friday. So feelings are overrated because the principle is what you're looking for. Can you say amen? You see, you have to understand what God was teaching us here, teaching us through this, this story. Elisha was teaching this man a powerful lesson. Elisha knew he's not the one who heals. God heals. Elisha was trying to help this man understand, it's not me that you're looking for. You're looking for God. Right? A lot of times we get disappointed with God because God wants to make a point that it's not about the vessel, it's about the one who can Use the vessel to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring salvation. It's not about you. It's about God. Right? And so, and so others, other people lose their blessing because they are too focused on the vessels instead of God. You know how many people have walked away from faith because someone was, quote, unquote, a hypocrite? Right? We confuse the two. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's okay, sir. I appreciate that. Let them laugh. I'd rather get a laugh than nothing, man. So keep, keep laughing. Catch this. The prophet, his job is to simply be a vessel. He's not to be God. If you have been in ministry long enough, you have to understand how to separate the two. If you don't separate the two, you will represent God the wrong way. You would think it's about you. Right? You would think like, oh, I didn't pray hard enough. I didn't do hard enough. And we'll keep putting it on ourselves when it's not about us. It's about God. It doesn't matter what you do or not do. It's about what God wants to do. Right? The prophet's job is only to say what God said. That's what Naaman missed. God didn't reject Naaman. God actually spoke the word over him. He said, go, wash yourself in the river, I'll heal you. In other words, man, you came this far, I want to bless your faith. But because he was so in his feelings, he didn't see that, wait a minute, God already spoken. Like right now, I don't know if you understand, God's already speaking. If you're paying attention, you may see me, but you need to see what's behind me. You need to see the word of God that's being preached to you. Think about the last great meal you had at a restaurant. Think about it. I had, I had great lobster in Cape Cod, man. I love lobster. <laughs> think about it. You, you don't think about the plate that brought you the meal. You think about the meal. Think about the last package you received. Maybe you like Amazon like my wife. She's always ordering stuff, and they're always arriving. <laughs> and in the office, we're always getting stuff for the church, right? Always delivery coming in. Every other day, there's delivery coming in. I don't remember who the UPS delivery was, but I remember the package. Are you, are, you, are you getting the point? The point is not the vessel. The point is what the vessel is bringing to you. It's the word of God that you need to be focusing on, not the people who are bringing the word to you. 
This is why a lot of preachers quit ministry. Because they make it about themselves. This is why a lot of people quit church. Because they make it about, look, I did all that. And no one said, you're only just a vessel. You wouldn't be able to do it if God didn't allow you to do it. And you wouldn't be able to do it if God didn't gift you to do it. You wouldn't be able to do it if God didn't strengthen you to do it. So you're getting bitter over things you should let go because it's God all along that does it through you. Now, here's where it gets good, church. What God says must be obeyed. This is not a, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to give you some advice. That's how some people approach church. Oh, that was a nice sermon. That's not the point of a sermon. The point of a sermon is, are you going to do what God said for you to do? Because if you don't do what God said for you to do, all you did was hear the sermon. But those who do the sermon actually will see the power of God in their lives. So you got to stop today and ask, what is God asking you to do? Because I guarantee you God is giving you an action as we speak. What is God whispering in your ear right now? What is in the depth of your soul that God is trying to say, act on this? Sometimes it's, what is God telling you to stop doing? But we keep trying to block that voice from the Holy Spirit. Here's the catch. Only those who do will see results. Only those who do. This is why you have to understand this. Write this down. Obedience unlocks understanding. It won't make sense until you obey. It made no sense to him. How can I travel this far and you're going to send me to some kind of river down here? We have better river. I could have done this back home. You could have done it back home and get nothing. Because that's not what God said. You ever heard people say that? Oh, I don't have to go to church to worship. Yeah, you could do that. But it doesn't mean you're getting God. There's a difference between Christianity and me-anity. There's a lot of people doing me-anity as opposed to Christianity. This is why Jesus said, I don't know a lot of y'all. Come on, talk to me. I came back fired up from this vacation. Listen, feelings. Many times we get in the way of faith. And faith is not feelings. Guess this, this is so good. Naaman is focused on the prophet, but the prophet wants him to focus on obeying God. Many people want to meet with me, but I'm trying to say, meet with God. Because if you meet with God, you might get somewhere. You meet with me, you're just going to get a guy. And I'm very boring. You, you, think, you think this is the guy? This is just a vessel. The guy is boring, likes to read. I'm a geek. You don't want to hang out with me. You want to hang out with Jesus. And if you want to hang out with Jesus, then you can hang out with me. Because I get excited about the things that Jesus wants to do in our lives. We have a tendency to romanticize faith. We make it, you know, I'm trying to feel God. We say so many crazy spiritual stuff. That means absolutely nothing. Seriously, you ever heard Christians talk? It scares you. You know, I'm just, the prompting of the Holy Spirit is not there. Well, I don't know, maybe I had bad pizza. Because it comes down to this. What is God telling you to do? Like, stop with the nonsense. You know, feel, you know, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Usually when Christians say that, it means I'm just being lazy. I don't want to do anything. Come on, I came back ready to preach the gospel. Come on. 
comes down to obedience. Faith requires obedience. And obedience produces faith. People are like, I want to have more faith. Obey more. I want to see more of God. Then obey. If you're not obeying, you're not going to see anything. That's what it comes down to, people. Let's stop with the spiritual language and start doing the spiritual things that God calls us to do. Go study the Bible for yourself. Obedience moves God. You don't want to see Jesus get excited when people obey. Like Jesus would just be chilling. He's bored with, you know, the religious people. They're always trying to talk to him. Praise the Lord. I always like, ah, whatever. Damn, yeah. But then someone says, hey, if you just say the word, I can be healed. He's like, word. Now someone believes. I can do this. We're not playing church. We want to see the power of God in our lives. We want to see the will of God in our lives. We want to see leprosy go. We want to see cancer go. We want to see marriages healed. It's only going to happen if we start obeying. Discern between your feelings and your faith. They're not the same. Sometimes they line up. Most of the times they don't. Because your feelings is just you. Your faith is you plus the Holy Spirit that is trying to quicken you to something better for yourself. Are you following? So Naaman, thank God there were some people around him who had some sense. Because he was going to walk away from his blessings. That's the hardest thing about being a pastor. Can I tell you that? The hardest thing you see in people walk away when they're so close to being blown away by the power of God. And they get angry. They get frustrated. It's like, man, you were just so close. All you had to do is obey. And you let your flesh get the best of you. You know how many times I've seen parents walk away from church. It's like, your kid was doing so well. You, get, you let your emotions get the best of you. Your kid was about to be a giant in the faith. Your kid was getting trained. He was getting blessed. He was being molded. And you yank him out of church for what? Because of your feelings. So many marriages could be so powerful, but we let our feelings get in the way of a powerful marriages. The best marriages have to have this mutual submission. It's time we grow a little bit deeper. In our faith. To see God beyond our feelings. You know why our society is so jacked up? Because we just live by feelings. You can't have civil conversations anymore because everybody's so offended by everything. Naaman represents the millennials here. Offended over everything. (laughs) There's nothing we don't get offended about anymore. God, this is going to mess you up. God could care less about your feelings. If you're not obeying by faith. God never shows up to your pity party. You will sit there and go, oh God. You can do that all day today when we open the altar. Come over here. Then he's going to say, okay, now you're done. What did I tell you to do? Now go do it. You don't believe me? Read the Bible. You can do the spiritual thing all day long. Guys, it's like, I'm waiting on you. You're going to obey the word? You're going to forgive that person I told you to forgive? You're going to stop burning that money under the table like I told you to? You're going to stop being shady at 2 in the morning like I told you to? When you start doing that, then I'll bless your life. 
Let's not play games, church. We want real power. Then let's be real obedient. Can you say amen? See, your emotions can cloud your judgments. This is why one of our principles here is we call it principles over feelings. What's the underlying principle here that's better than my feelings? Because the good thing is he had people in his life. And we all need these people who can snap us back into reality. He should be grateful that there were some people around him who was like, Naaman, what are you doing? You're going you're gonna to travel 3,000 miles and walk away empty? You're going to get up at 9.30 in the morning to go to church and not get the full blessings of going to church because you let your feelings get the best of you? What are you, crazy, Naaman? You better obey what the prophet said to obey if you want to see the will of God. This is what the prophet's supposed to do. It's to snap us into reality. God wants to bless your life. Stop letting your feelings get in the way of your blessings and begin to obey what God is saying. And by the way, not only do we need friends that way, we need to be that kind of friend. We need to be that kind of friend that says, girl, yeah, I know he's cute. He don't love Jesus. What, what's what's going to happen when all the feelings are gone? Is he going to be faithful to you? Is he going to be loyal to you? Is he going to help you become a better Christian and not bring you backwards into the world because you're all Google guy over him, but you need to get snap into reality. Does he love Jesus? Come on, I'm your pastor. I'm here to help you. We got to be honest with ourselves. You know, all these wishy feeling stuff. Now that I'm a father, I am all for arranged marriages. <laughs> like, for real. Not for my boys, they're on their own. I'm talking about my two daughters. Like, I want to arrange that marriage, I want a basement meeting. Where Jesus don't go. <laughs> you know? Because all these mushy feeling things, you're 14 years old, what do you know about love? You're 15, talking about I'm in love. No, you're in hormones. What you know about Jesus? What you know about life? Come on, church, talk to me. And the worst is when grown-ups are not grown up, they, they feed into it. Oh, isn't it so cute? He's 14. He might get pregnant. You know, they might get pregnant. It's so cute. Oh. Snap out of the church. Snap into reality. Feelings is not getting us far. Feelings are not getting us far. We're getting in depth over feelings. Because we try to impress somebody. I tell the young people all the time, stop wasting so much money on a marriage. Wasted, no, not on your wedding, waste it on your marriage. Stop going in depth over one day, 20 minutes. Right. I do, I do. <laughs> yeah, but the, the I do comes into play six months from now. Are you, do you really do? <laughs> Come on, are you tracking? So Naaman had some people around him who helped him. This is why, church, I tell you guys, be accountable to each other. Not because we, because we want people to watch over your life. We want people to help you live life. Right, right. We want honest people who can be honest with you. You know, we were just talking about this. I'm so glad in my pastor, he's honest with me. When I went there and saw him the other day, we were talking about life. I was like, man, my knees have been hurting a lot lately. He's like, yeah, you, you gained some weight. 
I was like, I came to visit you. Man, he came out quick with that. So the next day, I'm like, I gotta, I, I gotta drink water. I gotta, I gotta work out. Aren't you glad there's people around you who can tell you the truth? Instead of cuddle you. I'm so glad he doesn't cuddle me. Like, oh, how's your knee? I'm so sorry. The guy just broke his neck. I'm glad he's honest with me. He's like, I almost died. I don't have time to be cuddling you. <laughs> Come on, don't you, aren't you glad you go to a church we tell you like it is? Like, we're not, you know. Because you talk to some Christians, you're like, what are we talking about? Sometimes other Christians are like, yo, the thing is, the way that the Lord is moving and shift, things are shifting. And I'm like, bro, what are we saying? What are we saying? I just want to know what we're saying. Are we talking about what? Domino's pizza? Like what? I- I'm confused. Tell me straight up, like, this is what I'm thinking. And then we can say, wait, that's off. Come on, follow me. Naaman had to listen and put it into practice. So he goes down. This is what I love about the story. He goes down to the river, but he's not going down with his feelings. It's not like Naaman's like, okay, I'm going to get healed. He's probably like, man, okay. <sighs> I guess I got to go to this river. Now picture this, because you got to bring the Bible to life. Seven times he has to dip himself in this river. By the way, the number seven is the number of completion. In the Jewish tradition, numbers mean something. God rested on the seventh day. He said he was finished. God is saying, if you can obey me to the completion, then you'll see the fullness of what I'm trying to do with your life. See, the Bible says he who begin a good work will finish it. See, you may be halfway through it. Maybe you're in the second time. Maybe you're in the third time. Maybe you're in the fourth time. But you got to bring your obedience to completion to see the will of God. Some people will do one, two, three maybe, and then they give up. The worst is when you see people get to six. And then they walk away. I don't know where you are in your level of obedience. But understand, if God began a good work in you, he will finish it. But you have to do your part to see the fullness of God's will. Maybe you need to do the same thing again. Maybe you need to do it again with conviction. Maybe you need to do it again with a heart of worship. I don't know. We're all unique. That's the thing about the message of God. I know that if you're listening, he's downloading it for you. He's telling you exactly what that means for you personally. If you're paying attention with the Holy Spirit, God is telling you something right now. Listen, can you imagine dipping once and going, okay, I guess I'll do it again. And then, is this even working? You ever doubt God? It's okay. God's not afraid of your doubts. The thing is, are you going to let your faith overrule your doubts? That's the key. It's okay The doubt. Doubt is in the Bible. It, the problem is sometimes we let doubt overrule our faith and supposed to faith overruling our doubts. That's good. Yeah. That's good. yeah, you tithe a couple of times. Well, keep tithing. Watch what the Lord would do. Some people tithe one week and go, oh, nothing happened. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. 20 years. You don't just get here. You get here through obedience. A third time, fifth time, this must be dumb. Do you ever find yourself in worship and thinking, this is pointless? 
Who do you think tells you that? The person that knows, man, he's close. I got to do everything I can to try to, like, distract them. Look, 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 look around you. Nothing's happening. No, no, no. Lock in your faith. And obey again. And do it again. Listen, church, what do you need to keep doing? What is the Lord telling you? Keep doing that. Keep praying. Keep waking up early and seek me. Keep doing the right thing even if no one's watching. Keep helping people even if they're not saying thank you. Keep doing what the Lord told you to do and watch him be good to you back. He's faithful to be good to you no matter what. Can you hear God's voice today? It's not difficult. It's not difficult. You just got to obey the prompting of the Spirit. Sometimes it's small because God got to touch you small. And that's when we lose it. People are waiting for a big revelation. God's like, I just want you to go to Lincoln Donuts and pay for the person next to you. That's, sometimes that's what it is. It's little things. And then it leads to bigger things. When we moved here, it made no sense. We're pregnant with our third. No idea if this is going to work. It makes absolutely no sense. But God said, go. Right? For some people, that was crazy. Yes, crazy. But look what the Lord has done because you obey. I love the story. Peter went fishing. Peter's a fisherman. He knows what he's doing. He didn't catch anything. He fished all night, the Bible says. He didn't catch a thing. In the morning, he's washing his nets. He's putting things away. Jesus comes and says, hey, let's go out fishing again. How do you think Peter felt in that moment? He's like, yo, I just tried this all night. And I'm pretty sure I'm the fisherman. You're just a rabbi. Isn't it funny sometimes we think we know better than Jesus in some areas of our lives? Yeah, I'll go to church and do this. But Jesus, when it comes to selecting the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, the person that's really going to make me or break me, I'll take it from here. Yeah, Jesus, I know you're great and all that, but when it comes to running my business, under the table, I make more money, so I'll take it from here. It's so funny. Like, we're more, we're, 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 I'm amazed how many Christians are smarter than Jesus. I'm telling you, the stuff that you hear. But look, I love this interaction between him and Peter because it's so real. I love the Bible. You've got to bring it to life. Watch this. Right? Jesus said this. When he had fished, he said, Simon, now go out where it is deeper <laughs> and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night. Didn't catch a thing. But if you say so. Are you a disciple of Jesus or are you just a churchgoer? Because a disciple says, if you say so. A churchgoer says, ah, I'll see. I'll see if I have time to serve the city. Are you a disciple or are you just a churchgoer? Because this is where the rubber meets the road. Disciple says, I'm tired, but Jesus, if you say so, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go again. I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. Because this time they weren't fishing on their own. They were fishing with Jesus. Oh, man, your life is different when you're doing it with Jesus. Your, your finances are different when you're doing it with Jesus. Your relationships are different when you're doing it with Jesus. Man, everything is different when Jesus is on board. When you're walking with Jesus, man, the things will begin to break open for you. Breakthrough happens when Jesus is in the boat. Man, 
Please write this down. Breakthrough and obedience go hand in hand. No obedience, no breakthrough. No breakthrough because of no obedience. But you guys, Jesus said we must go deeper. Deeper. Wednesday nights, God is saying, are you willing to go deeper? Are you a follower of Jesus or are you just a church goer? That's what I wrestle with, man, as a pastor. Do we have followers of Jesus or we just have people who go to a church building? Big difference. Followers say, if you say so. I'm in. Because I want to see. I, I've seen you do it before. And I know you're going to do it again. That's why the Bible says never get tired in well-doing. Because in due time, you will reap a harvest. Can you say amen? amen? See, this is so good. I hope you catch this. Peter didn't feel like it. He had to faith it. <laughs> That's a word. You don't have to feel like it. You just have to faith it until you make it. You just have to keep faith in it until you make it. Oh, the clap's a little weird. We're letting our feelings get the best of us. You got to faith it until you make it. Come on, I know it's summer, but I, I think the best time to grow is the summertime. Because you sweat more in the spirit. Hello, somebody. Watch this, right? You guys can come up. We're going to end here. Jesus was telling a story like he always does to some religious people. Who, you know, the religious people who talk a good game. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, pastor. Glory to God. Isn't God good? The Pharisees, right? But look at the story he tells them. I love Jesus. Because, man, Jesus, you either with it or you're not. You know what I mean? Like, I love what he said to them. Look, what he says, he says, but what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the other boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. He got convicted. Went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. You ever hear the people... Whatever, God, I'll do it. Thank you, Jesus. And then we'll call the door like, yeah, that was church. Which of the two obey his father? They reply the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. This is powerful. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. Oh, my God. I'm offended. Jesus just said some people won't get into the kingdom of God because they didn't do. All they did was hear. This is not the Jesus that we want. We want the Jesus to say, hey, whatever. Good vibes. You don't feel like doing it? Good vibes only. Don't mess with my vibe. Don't rock my boat. Jesus doesn't just rock your boat. He flips it over and says, do you want to swim or do you want to walk on water? You know what I'm saying? Are you following do you have faith to stay? Listen, let me wrap this up. People say it's the thought that counts. God doesn't believe that. It's the faith that counts in obedience. Obedience is what counts. What is God telling you to do? Just do it. Or maybe keep doing it. Because it needs to come to completion. To see the fullness. It takes Nine months to conceive a baby, a, a healthy baby, right? Any time before that, it's premature, right? We want fullness of blessing. Then hang in there and keep doing what Jesus has told you Amen. to do. Do you receive God's word this morning?
don't know. But the word of God demands action. Maybe sometimes today, some of you, it's just literally like, do you know that from your seat to here, there's nothing magical about it, but maybe it's that first step? Or maybe it's that second step. Maybe it's that third step. I don't know. All I know is it makes no sense until I actually do it. I can pray for my seat. That's what he said. I could have done this back home. Yeah, you could have done it back home, but nothing would have happened. If you didn't do it because by faith, God says do it here. I want you to do it here in the Jordan River. I want you to do it here in New Bedford. I want you to do it here in this place. This is where I want you to do it. Come on, stay with me. Let's pray. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.